Hi, I'm Warren Davies, the Unbreakable Farmer, and welcome to the Beyond the Back Paddock podcast, where I have the privilege to be joined by some amazing people I get to meet in my travels and share their stories and wisdom with you. After all, one of the most powerful assets of any community is the shared wisdom, and the best way to share that wisdom is through storytelling. So sit back and I hope you enjoy today's episode. G'day and welcome back to the Beyond the Back Paddock podcast. Today's guest has got 30, over 30 years of retail leadership experience with two of Australia's biggest retailers, Coles and Bunnings. Roles he had included state manager and national safety and wellness manager. This gives him a great understanding of, of the impacts of mental health in the workplace. His current role sees him the head of... Um, Head of uh, partnerships at TX, and he, um, and as you would have heard, I've spoken a lot about TX in my presentations and in my posts. Um, but who better that, um, to tell us about his story and the story of TX than the man himself? And I'd like to welcome to the podcast today, Jason Banks. Banksy, thanks for joining me today on the podcast. I really appreciate your time, mate. Oh, it's great to be here, and uh, we're actually recording this on a Friday, so happy Funky Shirt Friday out there to all the listeners. Uh, get on board the Funky Shirts, and we'll talk a little bit about that as we get through this uh, podcast. Yeah, mate, it is, and I, I made sure I had mine on today, so we've got um, so we, we're um, yeah, pushing the message out there. So that's really good. Um, as I said, there's no better man than yourself to to share your story um, and, and and tell us, obviously, as the head of of partnerships at TX to tell us about the TX story. But I'd like to know a little bit about a, a little bit more about you, mate, about um, your journey and 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 how that's landed you where you are um, today, like in the role that you're um, doing today. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, probably if I if I go back a, a few years, you mentioned there thirty years in retail um, with Coles and Bunnings, um, which is the, you know majority of my career. But um, you know, I think uh, you know I grew up in in rural um, Queensland and also regional Queensland for most of my life. Um, and um, I guess one of the reasons why I've ended up in this mental health space and so passionate about it is um, you know I grew up with a an old man, a, a, my father who's uh, who fought in Vietnam and. Um, you know, lived with PTSD post Vietnam, and uh, he's still alive today, which is you know God bless him. And um, but spent 366 days in Vietnam, and it wasn't until probably I got a little bit older um, that I started to understand you know those challenges that he had experienced. Um, as I was growing up, I didn't see it as you know PTSD. I just saw it as that that's just who he was, um, and still today he sort of struggles with that. So that sort of just gives a bit of a background around that that mental health space of why I'm so passionate about that and having the opportunity to give back. Um, but, you know, spending, you know, 14 years with Coles and, you know, 16 years with Bunnings travelling all around um, uh, Queensland, um, you know, and, and as you mentioned, you know, my last role with Bunnings was the National Safety and Wellness Manager. So looking after everything from physical wellness to mental wellness and safety within a within quite a large organisation, that being uh, 
Bunnings. Um, but I found myself probably around about four years ago, I think it was, um, struggling myself mentally. Um, you know, I'm not diagnosed with any mental illness, um, but we all know that everyone has mental health. And um, for myself, I was really just struggling with, um, you know, probably spending so much time in a running hard and spinning lots of plates um, in a senior leadership role. And, you know, to be honest, I found myself on the edge of a bed one afternoon on a Sunday afternoon. I still recall it um, quite significantly. And um, my wife walked in and said, um, you know, what's going on with you? You're not the same person. And um, I sort of broke down into tears and opened up. It was my opportunity to open up. And I guess I was waiting for somebody to actually ask that question I think and a lot of the time that happens you know sometimes we're seeking support and we don't know how to actually get that support um, but in this in this instance uh, my wife asked the question and and I the one thing that really resonates with me was the fact that she said what are we going to do about it it wasn't what are you going to do about it it's what are we going to do about it and um, yeah with that um, I she sort of said uh, you know you might need to have a bit of a change of career and hence uh, I did I made the decision of um, leaving an organization after 16 years uh, I, I love the business I still love the business my son works in the business and I've got some great mates that still work with Bunnings and some great contacts there but um, my time was done I'd, I'd done uh, my time of 16 years and um, so I decided to go off and do a number of different things I went and did some Uber driving um, also um, you know uh, went and uh, did some work with Love Me Love You which uh, I know you you know uh, Lance and, and the legends that work that they're doing over there in the mental health space in sort of that more of that youth junior sports arena um, did some work for them and you know found myself that I was still needed to give back in some way and having a background in uh, fitness and CrossFit um, I ended up setting up a personal training studio working with people with a disability and um, I sort of did that for about 12 18 months um, until uh, just one I think things happened for reasons I was just looking through the phone one night on LinkedIn and a mate of mine shared uh, a post that Ed Ross who's one of the co-founders of Trademark and TX had shared that they were looking for someone to join the team and um I ummed and art about it and I just read through, read, listened to the story, the background of how these guys, these two young tradies had started these organisation and just something just resonated with me and I put my hand up and said, hey, I think it's time for me just to sort of get back into not the corporate lifestyle but working for a, you know, a social purpose organisation like TX to be able to give back um, and give my experience of, you know, 30 years in in sort of leadership and strategy and vision and and culture back into a grassroots organization that's making a real impact. So, um, yeah, and here I am today, um, 18 months with, uh, with TX and, and loving the journey and loving the opportunity to be able to, you know, make a direct impact on people's lives within Australia. You've said a couple of interesting things. Um, one of the best, I reckon, one of the best definitions or the best explanations of of mental health I've ever heard was on a on a show. I think it was like Andrew Denton, Enough Rope or something like that, one of those sort of shows, and it was Daniel Johns from Silverchair. And um, and he used that spinning plates analogy um, and, he, like he said, like his life, like, you know, obviously Daniel's a very complex human being, but he, he explained his mental health battles as like spinning plates and he had so many plates in the air that he you know he probably didn't have the skill to have that many plates spinning in the air the other thing that i wanted to ask you about got obviously in that role as um 
you know, as a safety and wellness manager, um, you know, nationally, what did you, um, obviously with your, with your dad, um, knowing, understanding, well, you know, I, I'm, I'm assuming that understanding a lot about mental health, you know, with his, with his challenges in the workplace, what, what were you seeing as that safety and wellness manager across the, across the country? Uh, you know, we, we you started to see a lot more sort of um, claims around mental health. Um, you know, when you think about, I always used to think about 45,000 team members, and I think they're up to about 55,000 team members that uh, work for, for that organisation. And um, it, it rep- represents the community we live in. And, um, you know, when we talk about mental health or, you know, we talk about impact of, um, you know, DV and all these other things that happen, um, it's all reflective of, that community that that's in that organization. So every day you would hear stories around how people had been affected by suicide. Um, you know, whether it was their loved one, uh, you know, whether it was a, a mate or a family friend, um, you know, when you look at the stats at nine, you know, people take their own lives every day in Australia and, and, and thousands of attempts that happen through the year, it's going to be reflective of an organization that has that many people. So you'd often hear stories of those coming through. And I think, um, you know, it, it's, when I think about mental health, it's it's always good to, you know, have all these education programs and, and those things that are out there. But often, and you probably see it as well, when people are struggling, they just want to know, how do I get support? How do I need to get, how do I get help? How do, how do I get my, my life back on track? And, and what are the steps that I need to go through? So definitely through that period and definitely probably of the latter years that I was with the organisation, um, you know, uh, that mental health um you know, scenarios and, and examples of people really being impacted by it were coming to the forefront. And I think people are a lot more open about those things now, which is great. I think we're, we're talking about it a lot more and, and we're definitely seeing that through, through the TX service as well. Yeah, no, uh, uh, that was just interesting because, like, obviously being such a, a big organisation, I'm sure that you would have seen that. Like I see, it doesn't matter, you know, what community that you work in, there's, you know, when you're working with a lot of people or speaking in front of a lot of people or engaging with a lot of people, there's a, there, I don't know. I always think it's like, you know, like the white car syndrome, you're always seeing it all or, or involved with it, but it just seems to, you know, pre- fairly prevalent in most communities. So in a big organization like Bunnings, you, you would have imagined that you would have seen a lot, which, which, um, which you did. So, so leaving, leaving that, um, that environment, I suppose, that after 16 years or after 30 years in total, um, how was that change moving into into your role at TX? Yeah, uh, to be honest, Warren, I, I sort of struggled with a few years uh, for the years after leaving because I was so used to, you know, go, go, go and not actually taking that time to set back and reflect and, you know, do the do the real things in life that we should be doing and creating new experiences and memorable, memorable experiences with those that, you, you know, you, you're that are around you and you love so much. And, you know, for me, I really struggled with the connection piece. Um, you know, one thing that I definitely... 
uh, am really focused on now is making sure that, you know, people don't feel isolated, you know, have they got, um, you know, connections that they can reach out to. Um, but I really felt isolated um, for those, for the, definitely for those few months after I left Bunnings because I'd been working in an organisation that was just so, you know, team orientated and you're talking to people every day. And, and, and I don't think we can ever underestimate the power of connection and the power of a conversation. And um, so I really struggled with that. But Working with people with a disability gave me an opportunity to give back to the community in another way. My my yeah, young brother is um, intellectually disabled, so um, you know I've grown up um, around people with a disability. So I felt like that was another opportunity for me to be able to give back into that space. But I was just still missing that connection and that networking. And um, yeah, and since coming on board with TX, I've been able to just transfer all those skills that I've had and life skills and the reflection time out of the last couple of years um, to be able to put it back into um, into this organisation. And, and I often say that, um, and, and I know this is something that Lance from Love Me, Love You talks a lot about is, um, you know, you can't you can't help and support people to fill their own cup up if your cup is empty. And um, one thing that I've definitely focused on is that self care routine and and really making sure that my cup is full because, as you know, working in this space, um, we hear lots of conversations, we hear lots of people reaching out for that you know connection and and talking about their mental health challenges or you know the, the how they've been impacted by suicide and the, and sometimes that's a big burden for us to take on but um if we're our cup is full uh we can take all that on and we just look at ways of making sure that we keep that cup full so that we can actually give us give people that are struggling mentally our full attention and to be able to support them in a way to get them back on track yeah, well, that's one question I get asked a lot is, you know, how do you deal with that sort of stuff? And, you know, obviously I've got a, a good support network behind me that I can lean on if, you know, you, you hear some really challenging stories from from time to time or that, that constant of hearing that. Um, yeah, it's really, really important, I think, to, to keep your cup full. But for me, like I know because... <clears throat> I'm so driven that it's my purpose that it, it it's it's kind of a cathartic thing for me and and I and I hear that in you as well like obviously um, hearing your story with your with your dad and and your brother and that you know you've I think you've got that real great skill of empathy as well so you know that's that's I think it's one of the power, most powerful tools working in this space that you need is to have that empathy and understand that you know everyone's lot in life is is not as yours is or you know or it could be better it could be worse any but having that empathy and being able to put yourself in their in their um in their shoes is really important tool to have so so moving on now um you know thanks for sharing a bit of your story and um you know and how you've got to where you are today can you can you share a bit of the the TAC story and, and and obviously you know how all that come about and yeah. um, you know, and, and the work that they and the work that TX does um, in the community. Yeah, no. Um, well, to talk about TX, I've got to talk about trademark um, workwear. Yep. Um, if we think back to sort of 2015, a couple of um, young tradies here in Brisbane, both chippies. Um, actually, Ed was Dan's apprentice. Uh, they were working on a building site back in 2015, and. 
uh, on a Thursday afternoon in December, they got a phone call. Dan got a phone call from his best mate, and he still recalls standing up on the ladder when he gets he got this phone call from his best mate that uh, sort of letting him know that um, he'd just been accepted as a mature age apprenticeship uh, on a to do a mature age apprenticeship, and he was a labourer at the time and. You know, it's the boys were both ecstatic. You know, for his best mate, who was also called Dan, um, and um, you know that, that emotion of elation coming through. Um, you know, they were all on a high, and you know, if I wind the clock forward um, three days on a Sunday morning, um, Dan received the phone call that no loved one, no mate wants to receive. That actually his best mate Dan, who had previously called him a few days earlier, had taken his own life here in Brisbane the night before on the Saturday night. And um, you know, I think I think when we lose people, you know, when we lose when we lose loved ones or, or best mates, um, you know, there's a whole heap of grief that goes along with that and, you know, whenever we lose a loved one. But, you know, when we lose somebody to suicide there's probably a lot of grief, but there's also a lot of questions, you know, that uh, and will never get answered. Um, you know, what could I have done? Why didn't I pick it up? Um, where, was he giving us any signs? What was he going through? Why didn't he open up? And, you know, I think for the boys, that was, a, you know, both in their 20s, um, all of a sudden Ed was um, became Dan's support, number one support crew, even though, you know, Ed was Dan's apprentice. So the sort of the roles had sort of reversed around and, you know, they, they went through a range of emotions that you do and, um, you know, really struggled with it. They, they seeked help um, and support, but they really struggled to find how to get that support and help. Um, and being a couple of tradies and, you know, blue-collar workers, um, you know, and being male, you know, often they, you know, you want to hold things, you want to bottle things up and um, they, they were sort of looking for ways that they could talk about mental health. And they had a number of different ideas that they were, they were sort of throwing around. But one thing that they came across was the fact that, you know, we're sick of wearing khaki and blue um, on the job site. How can we, how can we sort of you know turn a work shirt into something that you know might spark a conversation and start conversations um, within the industry to sort of you know as they say make an invisible issue impossible to ignore. So with a with about with a bit of cash that they had saved up in some cashies, uh, they went out and bought fifteen hundred work shirts and um, a couple of laptops and launched the trademark workwear business. And as they say, uh, they were either going to be stuck with fifteen hundred work shirts ranging from size extra small to four XL, and they would have been able to wear them for the rest of their lives as as chippies, um, or it was going to take off and and people were going to gravitate and 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 see the purpose of what they were trying to achieve. And you know, fortunately for for myself and everyone else out there, and the you know the seventeen thousand people that have reached out to TX, um, we're all thankful that um, it did it did work for them. And they sort of that's when they started the organization trademark um it's funky eye-catching workwear and it's all about starting conversations and on the on the back of all the shirts it's got this is a conversation starter and you know a couple of other key things about the shirt is underneath the left breast pocket of all the all the shirts is a qr code um and that gets you through to the tx service which i'll talk about very shortly um as you'll never walk alone is is sort of on all the shirts and and that's to let everyone know that you're not alone but also dan's um, best mate was a, a mad liverpool supporter so he lives in honor of us every single day and everyone that wears these shirts um are, are living in his honor um every day so that's sort of where the sort of the trademark sort of story started and um 
uh, within about a week or two, I think, of launching the business, um, you know, they, they were off the tools. Um, things took off. Um, you know, Channel 7 here in Brisbane um, got hold of it. Um, and, um, you know, the rest is history from trademark. They've been going for five years. But when they set that up over that 12-month sort of post um, setting the organisation up, they, they realised a couple of things. One is they wanted to be a social enterprise, um, which means that as being a social enterprise here in, in Australia, 50% of your profits uh, are required to go to a charity or non-for-profit organisation. Um, and they wanted to give it back to the mental health space. Um, but also what they found were people were um, buying the shirts, starting the conversations, um, but they had nowhere to really refer them on to, you know, um, to get that early intervention support that people need you know there's some great organizations out there doing an amazing work in this space but probably could be more focused around that traditionally around crisis care um and they felt that something was missing in that sort of hey i'm just having a shitty day i'm just having a bad week i just need someone to talk to i've exhausted my support crew and how do i connect up with somebody so with that being these couple of young guys that are just entrepreneurs just went you know what stuff this, we're just going to go and start our own non-for-profit organisation. And as they say, all of a sudden they became um, fashion designers of trade workwear and then they became um, directors of a charity and their highest level of education they have is a Cert 3 in carpentry. Um, <laughs> all of a sudden they've started this charity and with no no way of knowing what governance comes along with that, we're just going to go and hire a, a psychologist and we'll just get them start answering phones. That's all that needs to happen. And um, they launched, uh, we took our first phone call, TX took our first phone call in uh, 2020. Um, in June 2020, and since then we've supported, you know, close to 16,900 uh, Australians with um, free mental health uh, counselling. So, you know, with that, the boys, um, you know, and that's one thing that TX does stands for is it's an acronym for this is a conversation starter, which is on the back of all the shirts, um, and it's just all about starting conversations and for people to reach out for uh, that early intervention support and you know often i've been saying recently is that you know an organization like ours you can connect up with um counselors um, it's a free service to the blue collar industry and those that care about them so if you're a tradie if you're a truckie if you're rural you're on the farm uh you're a blue collar worker all those that care about them uh you can reach out to tx and get uh free mental health counseling and connect up with a counselor today um and that's whether or not you need one session or you need three or four sessions um it's all free no gp referral required um and you get to have and this is i think the real bonus in this is that you get to talk to the same counselor for all your sessions so um you're not reliving your experience every couple of weeks if you're connecting up with a different counsellor in a different organisation, which often can happen um, out there. So, And it's targeted to the blue-collar industry. So the counsellors know the challenges that are people that farmers are experiencing they know the challenges that truck drivers experience and um yeah the focus that the that we have is just to be able to support more people and think about a service like tx as being your personal trainer for your mental fitness um so even when things are going okay things are going well but you know that there might be some you know, turbulent times ahead um, or you might be going through some relationship um, challenges or some financial issues, um, but you don't feel like you need to reach out to somebody, that's probably when you need to. Um, and our focus is to get you in and out as quick as possible. And if you need us to reconnect in a year's time, then reconnect in a year's time. 
Yeah, no, it's um, it's a, a fantastic initiative, and and one of the reads, obviously, in rural and regional communities, like services, um, you know, professional services are pretty thin on the ground, or or if they are in those communities, there's um, you know, there's obviously challenges in accessing them, whether that's um, wait times or whatever. And if you need to talk to someone, you know, I always say this to to people: if you if you've made your mind up and you realise that you're struggling and you need to talk to someone, you need to talk to someone now, not in six months' time or in ten weeks' time or on that wait list because one of two things will happen. You'll either um, just, you know, absorb that and, you know, even isolate yourself even more or you'll become a statistic and, you know, that's... Yeah. And, and so having an organisation, a, a service like TX to to be able to reach out to is really important. So you made a couple of really important points there and, you know, it's like any of those phone line uh, or like any service like like TX, like, you know, your lifelines and and that people think that, you know, you have to be right at breaking point before you ring these people like these lines but it's something that you don't like as you as you've said you you know you can reach out just if you're having a bad day yeah yeah no definitely and you know it could be by a text um you know we're a text call service and you know i often tell the story that you know we get text messages every day from people that uh, might just send a text to say hey i'm struggling today um, can someone call me back? Um, or, hey, I don't feel comfortable talking. Um, can somebody give me a call? So, and, or, and can we do this um, counselling session or this uh, via text? You know, and you probably experience it a lot when you're talking to people. We always wonder why people, um, you know, that may be having a bit of a challenge, why don't they reach out? Why don't they open up and reach out to support services? And, you know, there's a lot of anxiety that just goes ahead, goes in with just how do I how do I have start that conversation? Or, you know, if I need to go and get my on my mental health care plan with my GP, I've actually got to get in a car. I've got to think about that all the way there. Then when I get to the GP, what do I say to this GP that I've had for 20 years that I might be going through some challenges? Um, so for us around TX is our focus is to remove that that really that financial balance Barrier. It's a free service. Um, remove the physical barrier um, that you actually don't have to get in any car. You can actually do it from anywhere in Australia on a phone via text or call. And to remove the social barrier that it is okay to open up and to create this, we're going to change, start shifting this narrative around mental health. Like we're so focused on physical health and we're so focused on going for a walk or going to the gym we need to start to put our mental health and fitness in as a, as our main priority and get people thinking around that it is okay to open up. Like nobody has an issue of walking into a gym or, you know, or going for a walk that just becomes second nature to them. But as soon as you start talking about mental health, it sort of changes in their mind. Well, you know, how do people perceive me if I, if I am having a struggle, you know? Um, so we've just got to remove a lot of those barriers and just make it really simple and easy. And, we often say to people when we do a lot of our sort of keynote speaking events or we're talking to toolbox talks, we actually say to people, just you, go, and, go and text our service right now. Go and call our service. You might be going great, but just go and do that so you can get a feel for what how easy it is. So when you're struggling next time or your mate's struggling next time or your loved one's struggling, it's easy for you to then say, hey, I've tried this service. It's really simple and easy. You just got to text them or you just got to pick up the phone and call them 
And, you know, one of my counsellors, uh, one of our counsellors here at TX, uh, you know, I said to him, you know, when people reach out, what do you say to them? And um, I recently posted this up on my LinkedIn last week and because it really resonated with me. And what he says is that, hey, you know, today is going to be a little bit more, a little bit like two, two mates chatting. The conversation might be a little bit heavier than probably what you do have with those mates, um, but we're just having a conversation. Yeah. And that's it. That's as simple as what it is. It's what we're doing now. We're just having a conversation. Yeah. Um, so we just got to remove some of those. That, we're going to change that narrative around that mental health and how easy it is to open up. And I think it's really important what you say about, you know, trying that service. I talk about, you know, making sure that you've got a support network around you and identifying that support network because it, it's important to do it when things are going well because when things aren't going well, um, you can your decision making can become clouded and and you know and and you might be thinking, you know, as as straight as what you normally do and and to think about well, well who do I ring well but if you've got these this kind of plan in in place that you know if I am struggling this is who I'm ringing first and you know for some people reaching out to to loved ones is really hard you know as i said before like if you've made the decision to reach out you really want to have someone to talk to and you know if you haven't put this plan in place you know reaching out to a loved one or one of your support work network or your mates or your friends you know and dumping this on on them could be a bit too much for them as well so you know having a plan in place and someone to to go to someone to talk to is really important so it's a really important role i think that tx um um, plays so with with the work that you do what are i suppose what are some of the 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 statistics around some of the work that you do um you know what if what what's the feedback that you're getting what are you hearing from the community yeah no um i, I sort of mentioned earlier you know it's close to seventeen thousand, just under seventeen thousand people that we've supported that have reached out to to the service in the last three, just over three years. And, you know, when, when I often say that, that number, often a lot of, um, when I'm being interviewed or, you know, people, or I'm talking that in passing, people are going, oh, I can't believe that many people have reached out. And we're like, no, no, not enough people have reached out. <laughs> you know, we've yeah. got 4 million, we've got 4 million blue collar workers in Australia and, you know, we've, we've supported 17,000. Um, we're ready to, we're, we're ready to support more people. We've got to change that that it's a negative thing when we hear a number around people reaching out. We've got to actually go, okay, how can we get more people to reach out and get support in that? So, um, so definitely, you know, we would love more, more people to reach out to any sort of mental health support service that's out there that they feel comfortable with. It's, it's a little bit like your, your hairdresser or your doctor, you know, you want to feel comfortable, you know, in who you're going to see um, around that. Uh, and we're just one service that in in a, in amongst a, a lot more services that are out there. But um, some of the growth that we've definitely seen in the last twelve months, um, we've seen an increase in apprentices reaching out to us. Um, you know, I think uh, you know this time last year we had about three or four percent of our callers were apprentices. I think last month we were up to eleven percent of our callers were apprentices. And you know, we're doing a focus on that because we realise if we can get apprentices in their earlier part of their career reaching out and using a service like TX and getting them back on track because they have, you know, just the same challenges, if not more challenges than everyone else out there in the workforce. But 
that means that when they hit the the sort of the tougher part of life, which is that 30 to 45 year age group where, you know, you've got managing mortgages, you're managing finances, kids, the relationships, work, careers, um, you're probably going to be more likely to open up later on in life because you've experienced what it's like to use a service like TX. So um, we've definitely seen that. Um, definitely truckies and farming and farmers, we've seen an increase in them reaching out to us and that's probably through more of an awareness that we're getting out there like yourself out there, you know, talking us up at your or your speaking events as well. Um, and, you know, just being involved with, you know, the Gympie Music Master like we are this year, which is very much blue collar country, Queensland, um, you know, people like Brad Cox, a uh, Australian country music singers jumped on board and and supported us and getting the message out there as well. So we are seeing that increase. Um, about seventy percent of our callers are male um, and thirty um, percent of, of, of female. But um, a lot of the time, the females are reaching out um, to support their loved ones. You know, um, they're reaching out because they don't know how to navigate. Um, for their partner or their husband or their father or brother to be able to get back on track. So they're ringing us up for some advice and that's, you know, we're open to, you know, loved ones reaching out to us as well to say, you know, how do I navigate, you know, this person that I am struggling with or, you know, and we get lots of where the, the partner will ring um, and say, Hey, uh, my husband or brother or partner is actually giving me consent for you to call them because they don't feel comfortable calling and they didn't want to instigate the phone call. Um, that's quite fine as well as long as we've got the consent to consent consent to call them. But um, probably the number one reason why people will reach out to our service is um, relationships and anxiety. Um, and definitely we're starting to see financial challenges as we experience, um, you know, the cost of living pressures that are out there. And, you know, and I, I really feel for, um, the rural community, um, you know, and you see this firsthand. But um, you know, if you think about what these guys have been through, and and the, at those working out on the farm where they've, you know, we've been through a drought, and then we've been through floods and more floods, and you know, the prediction now is you know more drought to sort of come in the future, um, and you know, we, we need to be able, they don't have access, as you mentioned, they don't have access to these services. It's hard to, in these smaller country towns, to get access to counselling support services, let alone, you know, get a, even getting hold of a GP sometimes can be a challenge. Um, so, yeah, so for us, it, it's really, we're starting to see those trends. The average age is around that 38 to 39 age group that call us, uh, but that will vary from spectrum to spectrum. Um, but definitely within the blue collar industry, uh, we're starting to see some shifts happening uh, around more people feeling open and he, they they want to open up. So it's like, hey, I heard from a mate that your service is there or I heard at a workplace that this service is here and I... And people take time, you know, I think we mentioned before we came on sort of this podcast that, you know, these key rings that we sort of hand out and, um, you know, a few months ago we had an apprentice reach out to us on a Thursday night and um, and when the council sort of said, you know, why, why, you know, how did you reach out, how did you hear about us and and he, he the apprentice just said, I got a key ring 12 months ago and I was just sitting back like this tonight and I looked down at the key ring and thought, no, nah, now's the time to called TX and that was 12 months after he'd got given the key ring. So we know these things can also take time. And, you know, if I think about the blue collar industry in Australia, 
Um, I often use this, especially when I'm talking to sort of probably more um, corporate organisations out there that want to know a little bit more about the TX service. But, you know, think about the food that gets put on our, the food that's on our plate. Um, uh, think about um, how it got there. So we need farming, we need rural, uh, we need truck drivers because Australia's logistics is all driven by trucks really and rail um, so that's mainly the main ones and then you think about how do we get maintenance of our homes and our premises and buildings and all that sort of stuff it's all blue collar um, so without tradies truckies farming rural this country stops tomorrow yep. so we've got to be able we've got to really be able to support these guys more uh, and we're just playing one small little part of that yeah no i never underestimate the small part that you're playing like even yeah, if you look at statistics, and as you said, there's what four million blue collar workers in Australia, and, and at this stage, TX has supported seventeen thousand. And as you said, there's a lot more people out there. So, I think, and, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get you on too today. Like, um, yeah, to have the chat is to to be able to promote that service even even wider, even over my podcast, and that nothing big and. Um, fancy but just that if one person uh, extra person hears that conversation and knows how easy it is to be able to to contact tx and be able to get that support is really important uh, one of the other things that you said um before that i i was gonna to bring up and is and that's that continuity of care as well like you know the same um you know that talking to the same counsellor that why you're engaged with um with TX is really important that's another thing in rural communities like I know you know we've got five kids and our five kids were all delivered by the same doctor and um we had the same doctor now it's just a lucky dip when you go into the doctors now because those all those doctors have now retired and so yeah. it's that continuity of care and, and I've noticed that a little bit in, in flood recovery as well in communities that, you know, lots of things have, are driven by funding these days and so, you know, once the funding stops, another crew comes in and that continuity of care is not there. So that's a really important thing. I think even though it's, it sounds very insignificant, um, having that continuity as well is really important, especially... You know, when you're reaching out about your mental health, because it's, you know, as we as said, you know, it, it, it sounds easy, but it is. It's a challenge to reach out if you're struggling. Um, and and we don't, I don't make any bones about that. But, you know, it, it is easy to reach out for help. There's plenty of support there. So, um, yeah, I just, I just want to just, um, you know, what you said there about funding, um, you know, TX is a social purpose organization, you know, charity, foundation, non for profit, whichever way you want to shape and, and say it. But, um, yeah, we're 100% funded by the industry to provide this free service. We we don't get government funding, and, and to be honest with you, we want to be funded by the industry for that sustainability because, you know, when funding, as you say, you just mentioned funding comes in and then it dries up and then people are left, you know, well, what, what's next? We don't want to be that. We want long-term sustainability. So that's why we are funded by the industry um, through our Alliance Partnership Programs and our Legends of TX program and people running, you know, fundraising events for us. Um, because we want to be able to be sustainable so that, as you say, that, you know, in, in five years' time or in 10 years' time, you know, someone who's reached out to TX now and they feel that they're struggling in five or 10 years' time know that, hey, TX is there, I, I trust that service and I'm going to use that service again. So for us, it's making sure that we have long-term sustainability as well. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really important thing. It's something that's... Um 
it's been glaringly obvious, like particularly in these rural communities that that I've been working in that are recovering from disaster is that continuity and and you know you you build you know we talk about building rapport with people and and, that, and you build that rapport and you open up and and they're there and supporting you and they're the person in your corner and you know they work for an organization their funding dries up next minute they're not there and so you're back to square one and you're resharing your story and reliving that trauma and all that sort of stuff where yeah, yeah. um and it takes you it, it steps backwards instead of keeping moving forward and so i think that's re- really important um so uh, i've got a couple of questions for you yep. just to finish off um and they're just random questions so one of our one of and i ask this of every guest is what's one of your favorite books that you've ever read oh well, that's an interesting one that one um I probably, I probably say um, from a from a book po- point of view because I've got so many of them. I really couldn't pinpoint one directly, but um, one thing that I do do is I listen to a lot of uh, ebooks or podcasts um, yep. out there. And um, probably my favourite one at the moment um, is probably the Diary of the CEO. Um, it's a podcast um, that's out there on Spotify, um, and there's some really good guests out there around mental health and you know challenges associated with that. So. Yeah, from a book perspective, I probably couldn't really put a, a finger right um, on that. Um, one that I did just recently um, listen to or read uh, through an ebook was um, uh, Six Years as a Hostage. Um, and um, it's uh, Stephen, Stephen McGowan. Um, he was a South African. Um, I've seen, I've heard him speak here in Australia. And um, leading up to him, um, the speaking event, I listened to his book and he was captured by Al Qaeda and um in africa and uh he's been a lot he was the longest serving hostage and it's a really good book to listen to read through to understand that you know sometimes our challenges that we're going through are uh, a sort of uh, minuscule compared to what they were going through and what he what the what he went through for six years um of that one so that's probably been my most favorite one definitely in the last 12 months um that you know there's a lot of relatability there around mental health and how he got through those mental health change challenges of being captured like you think about uh, think about just going into a room one day and somebody locking the door for six years. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> so, just... and, and no contact with the outside world, no contact yeah. with his wife. They didn't know, you know, family. He had no idea what was happening and he came out of there not knowing anything about technology or Airbnb or all these sorts of <laughs> things that, you know, uh, it's a real, it's a real, it's 11 hours on an ebook, but um, I tell you, it's the best 11 hours I've actually probably listened to in the last um, 12 months because it's just an amazing story. Yeah, no, and, and it is. It's always interesting to hear those stories. But one of the things you just said then is is that I find, um, particularly in this disaster recovery space, but yeah, you know, in the mental health space as well, is um, you said about you know our his story so big and ours looks so minuscule. That's one. I I feel that's one of the barriers for people to reach out sometimes because you know they say oh well like he's much worse off than me so i don't really need help and um that's one of the things that you know i try and reiterate it doesn't matter how big or small your challenge is it's um you know it's how it's affecting you and if it's affecting you you need to reach out and get some help so it's um but listening to those stories it just gives you a different whole perspective on on life um and and what goes on 
Um, you're funny. Can I, I just say, yeah. sorry, just why, why, why you say that? That's one of the things, another reason why people don't reach out and we hear this often is I don't want to take the spot off somebody else. Yep. You know, I, I don't, I don't want to stop somebody else that may need it more than what I do from utilizing it. And, um, so you're right, you know, regardless of whether, what level of care you need, you, you should just reach out. And I think that often is the barrier or it, it, it's not an excuse, but in their own mind, it's justifying, oh, it's okay. I don't really need to reach out because so I'm going to take a spot off somebody else. Yep. Yep. No, it is your favorite music. Uh, Country, country music, um, yep. yeah, definitely through and through. Um, love it, um, real passionate about it. I think when you listen to country music, and I've probably got a love for it more over the last probably five to six years, probably a little bit longer, um, is the storytelling that happens with them. Um, you know, there's more of a storytelling. It's more easy listening, um, and I can just put on country music and just play it over and over and over again, and it just gives me that opportunity just to sort of relax and chill. Yep. No, that's cool. What about a favourite quote? Have you got a favourite quote that you that resonates with you? I suppose. Um, yeah, I use this a bit, and um, you know, I probably reflected on this after I sort of um, had taken my few years out. But um, be humble, be brave, and be you. Um, you know, you, you be, have that humility, be brave enough to make decisions, whether that's reaching out to a service like TX or whether it's a change of career or it's, you know, I'm going to go try something new, um, but also just be you. Be Don't let anyone else, um, you know, drive who you are and uh, be influenced by social media or what the Joneses are doing next door. Um, you know, be raw and authentic, but, yeah, be brave, be humble, be you. That's a great quote. Um, and the last question, um, is if you had the opportunity, um, and we're excluding family and friends here. So if you had the opportunity to invite five people to dinner and, um, and it could be any five people in, in history, um, excluding family and friends, who would they be? Who would your five people be? Um, you know, one, I think, uh, just from a leadership perspective and, and um, you know, what he went through as the uh, first black American uh, president. Um, bit of a random one here, but Axel Rose from Guns N' Roses. Um, you know, um, I think growing up in the in the 70s and the 80s, um, you know, became a massive uh, Guns N' Roses uh, fan. Um being country music um, and sticking with the music there would be Luke Combs, um, you know, and just, uh, you know, what he's been able to achieve, you know, listening to his story growing up and, you know, how he turned into music at a late time but now is a great storyteller of that. Um, if I go back to history, um, because I have got a last name that's Banks, um, it would have to be Sir Joseph Banks, um, yep. who who is in the bloodlines there some way way back as a botanist um, who came over on the first fleet. So that would be uh, another one. And I'm just trying to think here. Yeah, um, probably. The why, and this is probably, uh, um, and I'm not either republic or monarch, monarchist from a, uh, from either side, but just having to spend some time um, with the late passing of the Queen, I think, um, you know, if you think about, you know, what she saw 
regardless of whether you're you're a royalist or or yep. Republican. Um, but listening to her story of what she, all the generations that she went through and how she was able to go through all those different um, changes and challenges through you know seventy years in in the throne and and seeing that it would have been an interesting thing to understand you know how how did she maintain her you know mental mental fitness and health but also you know those decisions and and how did she you know because I often think the biggest barrier that we have around our health and fitness is our sleep um, yep. and how that can be impacted by stress and you know how how did you actually get through and sleep every night for that many years uh, you know as being in the limelight so yeah some real random ones there but um yeah off the cuff that would be the five and i think that i've got a, a 95 year old auntie and i always think about that you know you think about over her lifetime you think about television and microwaves and mobile phones and computers and all these things that when she was growing up as a young girl none of that was around and uh, and then all that stuff evolved and how life evolved and yeah it's always an interesting thing to look back and put yourself in in their shoes and think of all this change and and i'm sure that you know we'll look back as well as we as we get older and think oh, all the things that have happened for us as well all the changes that like changes all, always around us so yeah it's a it's an interesting thing about how how did you maintain because you know, i'll think of my grandmother and the things that they went through, like the war and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And you think, well, how did they handle that? And, and once again, it's probably one of those barriers that stop people reaching out. You think, well, geez, I should, I need to harden up a little bit here because, like, they went through all this. But it's, once again, it's how it impacts you. So if, um, to finish off with, if people want to find out a little bit more about, um, trademark, um, TX or connect with you. How can we go about that, mate? Yeah, no, uh, quite simple. You know, trademark, jump on their website, um, grab a couple of funky shirts. Um, you know, you know that they're going to a good cause back to, to TX. Um, so trademark.com for that one. Um, head over to TX.org to fill, find out more information or, you know, simply um, call or text the number of 04888 four six nine double eight um, all the details are on the website anyway but just just reach out and um you know just finishing off that you know we're we have a vision at, at tx and that is to be the mental health support service that people tell their mates about and um you know i know the boys boys dream uh, both dan and ed the co-founders um their dream is to be able to sit on a work site, sit at a truck stop, sit at a, on a farm somewhere or at a p- local pub in a rural area and hear a couple of people behind them talking about that one of them's struggling and that they need support and the other one turns around and says, I know the service that you can use, just reach out to TX today. I know that they that is in their in their vision, it's it's they, that that's when they'll just sit back and go, you know what, we're we're getting closer to where we need to be of, you know, making this invisible and an impossible issue to ignore. So Yeah. Well, mate, I really appreciate your time today and and having the chat with me. And um, you know, um, you know, you do great work, and you know, and 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 it's it shines through um, with our chat today. What why you do what you do? I think you know, um, yeah, you're great, Blake, and um, really appreciate your time. So, Banksy, appreciate um, you coming on the Beyond the Back Paddock podcast, and um, we'll catch up soon, mate. Uh, thanks for having us, mate. Love it. Cheers. Cheers. Bye.